Well, good to see you today. Welcome to Center Point. I'm so glad you're here. And if you are new with us, my name is John, and I, I'm glad you joined us. And I hope you will stop by the blue tables out uh, after service. And we got a gift. We'd like to say thanks for coming. Also, uh, there's a card that was on your seat. Grab that card. This is an invite card. It's not a chair decoration. It's an invite card, which means you use it to to invite somebody to be a part of what God's doing at church. And uh, maybe you've been the kind of person who's been sharing the gospel all week long and just hundreds of people have come to know Jesus because of you just sharing the gospel. And if that's you, you can leave this on your chair, right? But for others of us, maybe it's been a while since we've reached out to somebody and maybe we're not sure if we even have the right words. Well, I tell you what, I'm pretty sure that you might be able to have the right words even to just invite someone to say, hey, come, come to my church. We're starting something new, a new series. And it's a series on basic discipleship on the pathway of discipleship following Jesus. And we're starting in two weeks from now with this series. It's a great time to invite somebody. And also, just want to make sure you take note of the fact that on the 16th of February, we got new service times. And uh, you know that we're doing this because we want to make sure we have time to connect, time to pray, time to find a parking spot, all of those good things. And so those new times start two weeks from now on the 16th. I want you to make sure you take a mental note of that. And if you're a nine o'clock committed person, you don't have to worry about anything because your time's the same. But if you uh, are a later service time, you're going to have to make a choice. Anyway, I wanted to make sure that you are dialed in on that. So I, I, I'm noting that the 9 o'clock service is a little bit more full today, and I think that might have something to do with what's going on this afternoon. Uh, some of you are like, hurry up, pastor. There's a game to get ready for. And there's a big game, and of course, all of us are so excited, and I just thought, I wonder if I might be able to start a riot on Sunday morning. So let me give it a shot, okay? 49ers? Oh, Chiefs? Come on, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know, it's equal. See, for me, I'm a little conflicted because I, I, I want to be for the Niners because it's the California team, right? I kind of want to be. But on the other hand, they've already won five Super Bowls. And Kansas City, they, they won one Super Bowl, and it was like 50 years ago. And so even just because of that, I'm for the underdog, and so I'm going to say it. Go Chiefs! All right. Hey, I thought, I thought I felt a little stronger volume on that one anyway. So today in this game, right, there's, there's no two ways about it. Only one team can win. And I, I'm excited to see who it's going to be. I think it's going to be enjoyable. But really what I want to do is get into the Word of God with you. And, and I'm going to ask you to get ready to turn to uh, the book of Galatians. But while you're turning to the book of Galatians... There's a blessing that I want to share with you that comes from the end of 2 Corinthians. It's the book right before Galatians, incidentally. And there's a simple blessing. It's the last words of 2 Corinthians, the last sentence there. And it's a straightforward blessing that reveals, I think, something about who God is and what he desires for us. And so before we jump into Galatians, I want you to just hear this blessing in 2 Corinthians 13, it says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I want you to read that blessing out loud with me from the screen. Ready, go. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And it's a simple, straightforward blessing, but it reminds us of this simple truth of who God is. And God has revealed himself to be one God, three persons. Throughout the scripture, this is revealed, that God reveals who he is as one God, three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this simple blessing kind of snaps it to attention about that fact, his Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And for a lot of us, there's probably been a progression in our life. I mean, not everybody. Maybe, uh, maybe some of us have a different story than this, but a lot of us probably have a bit of a story that has a progressive nature to it in the sense that there might have been a time in your life where you just really didn't care about so-called religious things, spiritual things, God or whatever. You just didn't care, but something began to happen. One way or another, the lights began to come on, and you probably came to a place of saying, you know, God is real. But you probably would have defined God however you saw fit. But then, somehow, and I would say it's because the Holy Spirit was at work, you began to discover something about the reality of God, and somebody shared about Jesus Christ with you. It was maybe in a youth group, or in church, or in a small group, or a friend at work, or a neighbor, but somebody told you about the mercy of God through Jesus Christ, that your sin could be forgiven, that the guilt and shame that you felt could be washed away, and something inside of you broke open, and you said, yes! And in that moment, you were saved because you trusted in Jesus Christ, and now you've begun to embrace God for who he is in Jesus Christ, and so there was a progression, and then... As you began to get to know Jesus, you embraced what Jesus started to show you about who God is. And you began to know God as your heavenly Father. Not just as a distant, faraway deity, but your good, loving, heavenly Father. Because this is what Jesus reveals. And so there was a progression. But the progression is incomplete if you stop there. Because we are invited to know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, Jesus was adamant about this. This was not an afterthought. This was something that Jesus drove towards. And if you are here today and you would say, I am a follower of Jesus, then I hope you would catch his heartbeat for this very thing, an experience of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. In John 7, 37, Jesus spoke about, about everyone who would believe in him, and hopefully that includes a lot of us in this room, and he said about everyone who would believe in him that they would experience the Holy Spirit flowing from within like a river. That is what Jesus envisioned for you. Not that you would have a mental assenting to a concept of a theory about that there is a Holy Spirit out there somewhere. But Jesus envisioned, no, everyone who believes in me is going to experience the Spirit flowing from within. That's what he envisioned. And he taught, he drove towards this with his disciples, and that includes you and me. For example, John 14, 16, he said, I am going away and I'm going to send the Spirit. And he's the Spirit of truth. And so Jesus began to identify the nature and character of Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of truth. And then in John 14, 26, he said, the Holy Spirit will be your advocate and your helper. <laughs> Jesus was in a sense saying, you need him so much more than you know, but that's who he'll be. 
And then in John 15, 26, as if we weren't clear already, he just says it again. I'm, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. I want you to know, don't be surprised when that mighty rushing wind happens. Don't be shocked when these gifts start exploding in and on and through your life and in your church because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And then in John 16 34 he said the holy spirit will be in you and in your life to guide you into all truth and i just hope in this brief kind of flyover of some of the scriptures that jesus was adamant about the experience of the holy spirit and this is the blessing say it again out loud from the screen ready go may the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. The, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Fellowships. Somebody say fellowship. fellowship. You know, fellowship's an interesting word. Usually we use the word fellowship to describe what happens in small group. You know, we use the word fellowship to describe a unique kind of a circumstance where you're growing close, you're developing a sense of community, you're enjoying a sense of closeness, you're really getting to know each other. You're, you're learning to hear each other out well and care about one another. You're, you're learning to do life together. And, and that's really what, what we usually use the word fellowship to describe. But it's like as though God is saying, yeah, exactly. It's like God the Father is saying, I, I want for you to have that with Holy Spirit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You and me are made for this. We're made to be living in such a way that we are developing a kind of closeness with Holy Spirit that, that could be called a friendship. We're meant to be developing a kind of closeness with Holy Spirit where we're walking with, we are spending time with, we are in connection and community with and doing life together with Holy Spirit. I want this in my life. I want it for yours. And I believe Jesus wanted it for us all. Somebody could say amen. This is the good stuff. It's the good stuff. And I want us to now take a moment and turn to Galatians chapter 5. And while you're turning to Galatians chapter 5, let me just say this. It's, it's going to be a wonderful week. It's Seek Week. And in Seek Week, we are in particular, just in these kinds of moments, we more and more just make room for whatever Holy Spirit might want to do. And I love it. I love that we get to anticipate God doing miraculous things through the power of the Holy Spirit. But I, I want to make sure that before we dive into Seek Week, that we don't just kind of go after just the, the razzle-dazzle of what the Spirit can do without just being the people who live in a fellowship with the Holy Spirit, in a relationship where we just care and love and walk with Holy Spirit, because I think that's what God is after for every one of us. And what you find in Galatians chapter 5 is you find a, a directive, but then you also find a picture that's painted about what life can be like when you are living with fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And then there's also a picture given of what life can be like when you're not living in fellowship with Holy Spirit. And I want us to get ready to kind of take it all in and then receive the, the directive that comes. And this is the word of God. In Galatians 5.13, it says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. 
but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. You know, I, I read this, and what I, what I find to be true is that when I'm living with the leading of the Holy Spirit, if you are actually being led by the Holy Spirit in your life, the Holy Spirit will not lead you into anything that is not of God. When you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will not take you into anything that's going to break God's law or break God's heart. It just won't happen. And in a sense, if you would follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, you're going to follow the Spirit into the ways of God and into the heart of God, and that would be the ultimate leveling up. And so my message today, the main idea of it is just this. It's just to level up your life through the leading of the Spirit. That's my message today. I hope you do it, that you'd level up your life through the leading of the Spirit. Level up your life through the leading of the Spirit. Up, out of the ways of the flesh. Up, out of the ways of the baseness of a human existence apart from the power of God. This is what you and me are made for, to level up our lives through the leading of the Spirit. I want you to just turn to somebody sitting next to you and tell them, level up your life through the leading of the Spirit. Say it. So the other thing I notice is that in verse 18, there's an if. Did you catch that? In verse 18, it said, if, if you are led by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's an important if. Why don't you circle it if you have an analog Bible? Why don't you highlight it? Now you can't highlight just one word in the Bible app. Anyway, that word is important, if. And the implication is, it's not a given. It's not a given that you're going to just constantly be following the leading of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the implication here is that it's very possible for, for you to, to not follow the leading of the Spirit. Here's why. Galatians 5.13 started out by saying, you're free. And then the context here is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's about relationship. And in any real healthy relationship, you are free. You're free to become closer and closer, and you're also free to distance yourself. And there is that freedom. There is an if. If you follow the leading of the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's what we are reading. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the other thing that's important to catch here as we're just diving into this part of the Scripture is in verse 17, it said that, that there are, in a sense, two principles that are at odds with one another. There's, there's the flesh and there's the spirit. And what we read in the scripture, it says it just point blank, that the desires of the flesh are in conflict with the desires of the spirit. And that is just the reality. There are desires on every end of the spectrum that we as human beings experience. 
And some of those desires are noble and wonderful and good and awesome. And then a whole bunch of those desires are not noble or awesome or wonderful in any way. And those are the desires of the flesh. The flesh, okay, this, this is an important thing to kind of catch. The word that's used in the Greek text of the Bible is the word sarx. I want you to just say this easy Greek word, sarx. Say it, sarx, sarx. And it, it really refers to more than just the human body. It really refers to kind of a fundamental operating system within a human being apart from the power and presence of God. And the sarks, the, the flesh, tends towards only wanting what is for personal pleasure and selfish personal fulfillment. It doesn't matter who it harms or what happens to them. And it might surprise you, or maybe you already know this, but the modern Satanist movement has a slogan, and the slogan is, do what thou wilt. And you can see it on hoodies and, and whatnot, and maybe you've seen that somewhere, do what thou wilt. And it's this Satanist slogan, right? And, and it's interesting that the slogan of, of Satanism is, yeah, do what thou wilt, do whatever you want, whatever will give you pleasure, just do that. But the scripture reveals that that is the way of the sarks, the flesh. And it is at odds with the way of God. And if you only ever do what is only about your personal pleasure and personal fulfillment in an instant, you will only ever live at that most base level of human existence. And you will always only ever be at level one. But God desires for you to level up for you to rise out of the flesh, the sarks, and to experience the goodness of the Holy Spirit. It's what God desires for you, but the flesh gets in the way. All of those desires that sometimes rise up, they, they do their damage and they gotta be dealt with. And if you hear about all of this, maybe you would say like me, you'd just say, oh man, that sarks. Right, just, go, just say it, say it. <laughs> hey, I have three kids. I've earned the right to make jokes like that. I'll be here all day, folks. <laughs> Sarks. It, 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 does, it does have to be dealt with. Otherwise, it deals with you. Yeah. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is the way that we get to deal with yeah. the flesh yeah. and the cross. And, and so, verse 19 says this. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, so you read through a list like that and when you first start reading it, you might go, oh, yeah, uh, sexual immorality. That's right. Those people. That's right. Those people. <laughs> but I hope you read the rest of the list because envy is on there. So is fits of rage. <laughs> so is jealousy. So is dissension. I mean, it's kind of an equal opportunity offender verse right here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what I see is that there is a way of living that is of the flesh that does not allow me to experience the reigning presence of God. Yeah. I mean, that's what's being revealed here, is that there's a way of living that is outside of the reigning 
ruling presence of God, the kingdom of God. And as children of God, we are meant to find our identity as his son, as his daughter. And as his son and as his daughter, we get to inherit. That is to freely receive, because of our relationship, the active, right here, right now, ruling, reigning presence of God, the kingdom of God. That's what we're made for. But when we choose to identify ourselves with the kinds of things we just read and say, that's what I'm about, that's who I am, that's what I'm going to be, we are choosing to take ourselves outside of an identity with our Heavenly Father and put ourselves into an identity with the flesh. And when that happens, it's impossible to be experiencing His active reigning rule and kingdom. That's partly what we're just seeing here in this scripture. There's no two ways about it. In a sense, here's the deal. Every moment in our lives, we're making choices. In any and every moment, we're making choices. And that choice will either be a choice that is led by the Holy Spirit, leveling you up in God's glory and goodness, or it will be a choice driven by the flesh that will take you into bondage again. And it's part of our spiritual growth to just begin to identify that and to recognize it in real time, in moments. Because what you and I are made for is to be those who are led by the Spirit, to experience the real time, right here and now, moment by moment, active guidance of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's what I want, that's what God wants for me, and that's what the scripture declares. In Galatians 5.16, it says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Why don't you just read that verse out loud with me, nice and strong. Go. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is what God is saying that he wants for us, to walk by the Spirit. The scripture says, in, in, in Galatians 5.16, one translation says, walk by the Spirit. Another translation says, walk in the Spirit. Another translation says, walk with the Spirit. Another translation says, let the Spirit guide your lives. Whatever translation you read, what it's about is fellowship with the Spirit. That close relationship. That listening to. We're made to experience what the prophet Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah 30.21, where he said, you will hear a voice whispering behind you, this is the way, walk in it. Like That's what we're made for, for that kind of an experience of God, so that we are able to actually walk by the Spirit, follow the whispering and the nudging and the guiding of the Spirit, so that we go where the Holy Spirit wants for you and I to go. It's what I'm made for. It's what you are made for. Okay, so there's a, a kid going out to fly his kite, and it's really windy, and he just starts flying his little blue kite, and it goes higher and higher and higher. It goes up so high, he can barely see the kite anymore. A guy comes walking by, sees this kid flying his kite, and, but all he sees is he's holding onto a string. And the guy says, what are you doing, kid? And the kid says, I'm flying a kite. And the guy looks up, and because of the glare, and because it was a blue kite so high up, couldn't even see the kite. And he goes, how do you even know there's a kite up there, kid? And the kid tugs on the string and feels the pullback of it and says, because I can feel it. And you can't see Holy Spirit, but you can feel the Holy Spirit. And in fact, you better. You must. We're meant to grow in experiencing the feeling of the Holy Spirit. And it's crucial because the flesh expresses itself through feelings. 
desires and urges and feelings that rise up and sometimes with a furious strength. And so it becomes incredibly important that you are also able to feel the Holy Spirit rising up with the Holy Spirit's beautiful, powerful, wonderful kinds of desires and urges. We're made to feel the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you how crucial it is? I'll tell you this. So uh, this month, last month and this month, I'm spending a lot of time down in San Diego because uh, I'm dealing with some medical stuff. In fact, every single day. Anyway, I'm, I'm down there, and because the, the, the appointment time changes a bunch, I end up with a lot of free time on my hands, especially because I discovered that I don't like sitting in traffic for two hours and 45 minutes. So maybe I'll just sit down and enjoy some dinner and hang out for a while before I hit the road. So anyway, I'm down there every day this month with, with just a lot of time to kill and hanging out by myself, hanging out by myself in a distant city with a lot of time to kill. It's not always a good combination for a guy. And so... <laughs> I'm sitting there after my appointment, and it's, you know, 440-something. I'm not going to get on the road. Forget it. I gotta, I'm going to take two and a half hours. Just wait. So I decided to go have dinner, and I went to Panda Express. And the problem is that that only used up about 11 of my minutes. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in Panda Express, just kind of going, huh, a lot of time to kill. What, what, what can I do? What do I do? Hmm. 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 And all of a sudden, I began to, I just had a bunch of ideas about what I could do, places I could go, things I could just engage myself in. And without going into a lot of detail, I'll just tell you, it wasn't anything wholesome. And by the way, if it concerns you that your pastor would share that with you, you just need to know, this is a level playing field. Just because I stand up here with a Bible and preach doesn't mean I don't need to deal with this stuff like anybody else. And it's far better that, that, that I don't feel the pressure to wear a mask about that and instead to just share with you. So I'm sitting there with these, those kinds of feelings and what I could do with this time. And, and I, I know in that moment, I'm, I'm in a moment of choice, and I'm either going to experience a choice that's led by the Spirit, or I'm going to experience a choice that's driven by the flesh. And so I'm sitting there in that moment thinking about these options. Shouldn't be options, but, and, and I, I feel the, the, the feeling inside of the flesh with its pull, but I also begin to feel this other feeling and it's the feeling of the one I know, the one whose presence I delight in, the one whose voice I have come to depend on and rely on. And I feel both of these things. And I know I can lean this way or I can lean this way. But as I pay attention to my feelings in that moment, I feel this sense of uneasiness. And I've come to recognize that that uneasiness, that is one of the ways that Holy Spirit speaks to me. That uneasiness is like a, hello, hello. <laughs> and so I kind of, in that moment, just sat with the uneasiness and let the feeling that the Holy Spirit wanted to bring to me rise up. And then I sensed what Holy Spirit was saying to me beyond the uneasiness, which is you're feeling uneasy because what you're contemplating is destruction. 
And then, you know, there's the quickening of like, ah, it would be far better for me to sit in two and a half hours of traffic than whatever else was entering into my mind. And, and so I followed the leading of the Spirit and sensed the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, and, and call your brother and tell him what was going on in your mind. Call him now, you know? And so following those things, that's me. I'm just, I don't want you to feel alarmed or concerned. And I also don't want you to think like that this was the one and only time in my life that I have ever. No, I'm just simply sharing with you my ongoing pathway to maintaining victory. And it is through the Holy Spirit's leading moment by moment. And experiencing that feeling of the Holy Spirit is part of how you get there. And I know maybe some of you walk around with halos and don't, you can't even relate to what I just shared. And you can come join the prayer team then, all right? But for somebody else, you needed to hear what I just said so that you know there's hope for you too. That there is a way that, that the Spirit of God can give you a strength to rise up. So Galatians 5.22, though, it then... It, it goes to the other side of the equation. It says, but on the other side of the equation, if you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, if you would level up your life through the leading of the Spirit, here's what it can look like. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. And in a sense, God is saying, this is the kind of you I want you to be. This is the kind of you that you will be when, when I'm leading your life. And these kind of things will start to characterize who you are more and more. That people will look at you and feel what it's like to be around you because the Holy Spirit is leading your life. And they'll say, man, there's just so much love inside of her. Because she just seems to be this kind of woman who takes notice of other people and pays attention to what's going on in their life and helps them out in their time of need. And man, what a beautiful thing. And, and then the fruit of the Spirit is, is joy. And, and people look at you and go, yeah, man, he's just kind of a joyful guy. And I don't know why, because he's still got a lot of problems. There's still difficulties. But it's because you have found a way to experience more of the grace of God in your life. And it just lightens your load. And you're able to be joyful, even though there are still challenges. And people look at you, and they see that, that peace, that peace. And it's because you have spent time in the presence of God. And you carry that shalom out from his presence to the people around you. And I'm telling you right now, it's possible for every one of us to experience these things in and through our lives more and more. But the way it happens is by leveling up your life through the leading of the spirit. That's what you're made for. <laughs> when you experience the Holy Spirit, like for example, goodness. Goodness is one of the things that's the fruit of the Spirit. This past week, I felt the Holy Spirit grow some goodness through me. And I'll share this. And it's not, I, I don't share it like, hey, look at me. It's look at the Holy Spirit because <laughs> my natural self doesn't. So I'm at the gas station and a, a, a guy kind of comes up to me and I can almost hear it before he even says it, right? And he goes, hey, you got any change? And guess what? My flesh spoke first. And I said, no. That's your pastor. <laughs> I gave you two reasons <laughs> today <laughs> inside of 10 minutes to just tune me out. At the gas station, do you have any change? No. But then quickly, <laughs> I felt the Holy Spirit just kind of rising up in me. And then I turned back and without you know, thinking about it, I said, no, I don't. But I do have, and I, but I do have cash. 
and I just had, I got, not because I wanted to, because Holy Spirit was just producing goodness, and I just had the cash and just handed my cash to him, and he took it, and then he just began to weep, right? Just weeping, and he said, you know what? Man, I'm going through a divorce right now, and I don't have any money, and my card just got declined, and I just need gas to get to work, and he's just crying and saying, thank you, man. You don't even know what this means. And all of a sudden, because Holy Spirit is producing goodness instead of what my flesh would want to do, th there's this moment I'm praying for a guy at the gas station. I get in my car and hit the road, and, and I'm just shouting inside of my car like, "Woohoo! God, that was awesome. Thank you, Lord. And it was just something, right? When you follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, you get lifted. Like, you just get lifted. I, that carried me the rest of the day. For a couple days, I'm just thinking, man, that was so cool. Like, and it wasn't, it wasn't what, what the flesh wanted. It was what the Holy Spirit wanted. And it's so good when you level up your life through the Spirit. Verse 24 says this. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay, when you read this verse, if you're looking at it, as a grammatician, in English grammar, that is the perfect past tense. But when I read this in the scripture, what, what, I, what I think is that it's, it's something different. And I might want to call it the prophetic perfect tense. And a lot of times the scriptures make these statements that reveal something. But that the, I have to acknowledge it's truth, but there's tension in the truth. Because it's prophetic in this way, in that there's tension between some already and some not yet. Yep, I have crucified the flesh. But I have not yet always felt the fullness of that reality. And I don't want to not acknowledge that tension. Instead, I want to call it what it is. Like, yeah, that's, that's a prophetic tense in the scripture. It's calling me to what I'm really made for. It's describing from an eternal perspective what's true about us, but it also is calling me to recognize I might not quite be there yet in terms of experiencing and living in the reality of that, but I want to turn myself in that direction. I want to keep turning myself in that direction where I recognize that flesh went to the cross, <laughs> and for all eternity, it is crucified. And I want to step more and more into that reality of all eternity. That's what I'm made for. Verse 25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. But go back to verse 25. And just would you read verse 25 out loud with me. Ready, go. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. This verse I love because it feels a little bit like a palindrome. A palindrome is one of those things where it's the same whether you read it backwards or forwards. Like, since we live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit since we live by the Spirit. It feels like it works either which way, like a palindrome. And I don't know if you knew this. You probably started to see it online so far by, by this time. But today is a palindrome date day. Did you know that? It's a palindrome date day. Here's what I mean. Here's the date today, in case you didn't recognize it. It is 02022020. That is a palindrome date day. It's a big deal, people. Last time this happened was 909 years ago. No joke. It, November 11th, 1111. is the last time you had a palindrome eight-digit date day. It's unique. The next time it's going to happen is 101 years from now. So you better celebrate. Go have a cupcake, something. It's a palindrome date day. 
big deal. <laughs> you know, but, but it's, it's interesting to me. Like, this is, this is this palindrome date day, which just only happens once in our lifetimes, and we have to make the most of it. But that verse I just shared with you, verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let's keep in step with the Spirit since we live by the Spirit. That palindrome, if you will, that one, that's available every single day. You don't have to wait 101 years for that. Every moment of every day, it is possible for us to live with the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, live with the Spirit, experience the fellowship of the Spirit. And I want, I want to learn. I want to stay on the path where I'm learning to keep in step with. You know, when my wife and I first got married, we had a difficult first couple years. And there were a number of reasons for that. One of them, just one, was the fact that uh, when, when we got married, we would go out together. And uh, we would, you know, get out of the car and start walking to the mall or the theater or wherever we were going. And I'd start walking and I'd just be like, and then I'd look back and she'd be way back there. And I'd be, and I'd be kind of annoyed. I'd be like, well, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess I failed to realize that I'm like, you know, the tall white guy with the tall, long, skinny legs, and she's not a tall white guy with long, skinny legs, right? So there's a difference in the pace, and it, it was my responsibility to, to adjust my walk so that I could stay with her and be close with her, and it is something that took a process to learn to do. And I think something like that needs to happen with us and Holy Spirit. You know, one of the places I see this a lot is online. Like I had a moment, I, I saw something, and the Spirit was saying, don't, don't engage. It's just not, don't. It's not going to be good. But my flesh was like, <laughs> you, know, you know that feeling, right? And it just, and it, of course, it just led to, you know, not good. You know, it, in all aspects of our life, though, it, it's, a, it's a learning curve that we need to step deeper into. The experience of, well, what is Holy Spirit really calling for in this moment? And can I just go ahead and do that? Well, let me wrap up this way. We, we read this one verse. It's that those who belong to Christ Jesus, this is verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And, and this is where I want to land. I want to talk about this reality, belonging to Christ Jesus. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, I want you to rest today in knowing God's perfect saving love for you. I don't want you as a result of anything that I've shared today or what you read here and maybe misunderstood to lead you to wonder whether you're saved or not. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ, you're saved. And a lot of what we've been talking about today is about growing. A big word for that would be sanctification. And I just want to make sure that's clear to us all. I don't want you to doubt whether you, I don't want you to conclude that somehow you have to be good enough to deserve God's love. No, belonging to Christ Jesus comes as a result of believing in Christ Jesus and that alone, nothing else. Everything else is growing, sanctification. And I do want to challenge you to step into the growing, absolutely. But I also want to at the same time affirm your salvation in Jesus and bless you today to rest in it, but to rest in it in such a way that that rest fuels you 
to rise up and level up your life through the leading of the Spirit. And for somebody else today, maybe you would say, I don't really even know if I belong to Christ Jesus. I want you to walk out of here today knowing that you belong to Christ Jesus. And the way that happens is just taking one moment in time where you finally say, Jesus, I believe in you. I still have a bunch of stuff to figure out. I don't understand it all, but I understand that I need you to forgive me and save me. And Jesus, I believe in you. Once that moment happens, you stand secure in his love and his grace and his mercy. And you can then receive this lifting of the Holy Spirit. And so for somebody today, this is what you need to do. You need to believe in Jesus once and for all. So we're about to take communion together. We, we decided uh, last month we did this at the end of the service instead of the beginning, and we just enjoyed being able to take communion in response to God's word. So we're going to do that again, and, and I don't want you to leave. I want you to get ready to celebrate communion. But before we do that, and I'm going to ask Aaron to come up and uh, lead us in that moment, I want you to just pray with me. So would you just pray with me for a moment? God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for uh, just... The fact that your word is very direct and pretty straightforward. And I thank you, God, that we, we can more and more experience being led by the Spirit. I'm asking God for a release of your blessing over every single one of us. That more and more often, we would recognize the moments we're in and the aspect of choices and decisions, and, and that in real time, this coming Tuesday, and this Wednesday night, and on Thursday morning, whenever, all those moments, God, you just give us a sense of recognize, I'm in a moment. It's either going to be a spirit-led decision or a flesh-driven decision. I want to go with Holy Spirit. God, I pray you just give us an alertness to those moments, and in those moments, Holy Spirit, I'm praying you would just... Let us feel you tugging, nudging, pulling, directing, guiding, wooing, speaking, so that we could go your way. And now, God, I pray for an awakening for somebody who needs to, here and now today, just finally know that they belong to Christ. And so if you're here and we're praying and you would say, I need to ask Jesus to forgive me and save me, would you just raise your hand? If you, if you just know, I want to know that I'm right with God. I need to ask Jesus to forgive me and save me. I want you to just raise your hand while we're praying. Right now, just raise it up as a way of finally saying, I need Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. Just raise it really high right now because I want to connect with you and I want to pray with you. In the back, I see you and I don't want to miss you, so keep it up over on the right. Several of you with your hand raised, now you pray and you just simply say, Jesus, I'll turn from sin right now. And Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me. And Jesus, I believe that you paid the price when you died on the cross. Would you forgive my sin and save my life? Would you come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior? And it's in Jesus' name I pray. All God's people say amen.